Hello and welcome to the Adrian Bogue podcast, the interview series, where we take a deep dive into some of the most influential minds in real estate. Today, I'm joined by a very good friend of mine and very much an industry expert and someone who's very well respected within the industry, Mr. Nick Friend, who's the founder and managing director of Bespoke Media. Nick, how are you? Good, thank you, Bowie. Thank you, uh, thank you for having me in today. Absolute pleasure, absolute pleasure. So Bespoke Media. Yes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? As you know, the entire industry is fascinated with social media, uh, real estate resources, tools, tips, hacks, tricks. And your platform seems to have all of that. It's obviously evolved over a period of time, but could you explain what Bespoke Media actually does in its main format at the moment? Well, it was never supposed to happen. That's number one. I fell into this because, as you know, I've been at this for 11 years. Um, I found myself at a time trying to break through, trying to build a brand, trying to build a career. Socials was all I had at my disposal. So there was no one really at the time... uh, showing people how to use it. And I think that if there's one thing that I could say probably to summarise it is we teach people how to use social media. There's a difference between just posting stuff and getting stuff out there, but it's networking, it's building relationships, it's building audience and building engagement. So it's basically taking all of that and teaching agents and businesses how to grow. Great. So how does it differ, Nick, to some of the social media agencies who are always approaching agents saying, look, I can do a lead generation campaign for you, pay me thousands of dollars a month, Uh, I can edit content for you, I can create content for you, because there seems to be quite a lot of those, right? And I know they're they're quite expensive, where your platform, you're talking a couple hundred dollars a month to have access to all these tools, and you and I have recently collaborated to create uh, another version of that, an evolved yep. version, which we'll talk, talk yep. about in a moment. Yep. But, but how, how does Bespoke Media differ to those type of typical social media agencies? Well, I think in a word, it's bespoke. Right. Uh, and that's the reason why I've built the, the platform and the training and the concepts that we have. For the simple fact that not everyone is the same. Different mm. markets, different uh, personalities, different goals. Everyone wants something different. Some people want to be the chess beater. Mm. Some people want to be the success um, storyteller. Some people want to be the community-minded person or the stats person. So a lot of the, and I'm not disrespecting anyone here, but observations that I've made with other companies, they can tend to be very cookie-cutter. So yes. it's, it's, it's kind of the same ad that's going out all the time across all the clients. Um, and it's very hard to tailor that to what the agent particularly want. Some people, as I mentioned, different stages of their career want different things. Um, and it's very difficult to be doing that, but with, it, with a cookie cutter setup. but also um, if you want to change the message. Yes. Uh, to, to get that out there and engage your audience. I mean, people want different things at different times of the year as well. Yes. So, yes. So, so people understand basically the Bespoke Media Platform yep. and also the Adrian Bow and Nick Friend Academy Hub is is an online platform yes. where, call, call it, we offer templates, tools, tutorials even. So rather than, you know, catching the fish for people, we're teaching them how to catch yep. the fish, if that, if that yep. makes sense. Yep. Um, what would be some of the most popular resources and tools yeah. that are constantly used within these platforms of yours? 
our lead gen campaign uh, tutorials is probably the biggest one. Let's right. be honest, we're all, we're all in business to make business and anytime we put something out on social, we want to get uh, a response from that. So the lead gen content is always the biggest, always the biggest hit. Um, but it's also the lead nurturing stuff and I think that's when it's one thing to get the lead in or it's one thing to build an audience. But once you've got that audience, you can't keep flogging you know, once you've got an audience, once you've got a presence, you can't keep saying, are you thinking of selling? So I think it's the new ideas um, that, that come in. Uh, and basically, it, I think with the platform, it's across everything. It's not just the socials, Adrian. It's also the emails. It's the SMS. It's the letterbox drops. It's all that kind of thing. And it's, you know, we were talking off air a little bit earlier about what we were doing when we were younger and we started out. And I think the thing is, it's always fresh. The platform's always fresh. There's always you know, new ideas coming in. We get influences from around the world, from different agents, not just what we see um, in our local marketplaces. So I think it's you know, a lot of the letterbox drops um, yeah. that come in, they're pretty cool. Um, and it's just constantly delivering the new messaging um, and, and getting it out there. And you know, getting people confident on camera is a big one. Yes. Um, that, that we cover. Yeah. Yes. So it sounds like there's a real eclectic mix of resources yep. and tools there. Um, with, with the lead generation one, for example, yep. what would be a, a brief description if, if I went on to either our Academy Hub or yep. your platform, what, what would I learn in that tutorial? Would it be a, a Facebook lead generation? Would it be TikTok? Would it be Instagram? And and how long till I could get up and running and be quite self-sufficient yeah. in that campaign? I think the first thing that people are going to realise when they see it is how easy it is. Right. And that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of people, because number one, you see the costs of what other people are doing, or it's just a lot of people don't understand social, mm. um, and they think it's such a, a a mountain or a beast they've got to climb. And we've got a four-minute video in there which actually says step-by-step, step, this is what you've got to do. And I think when people see that, and they do it once or twice and realise that it's not so difficult, mm. um, I think that's when uh, they, they see the, the value and the benefit of it. Um, mm. You know, seeing that, you know, this is what you can expect, this is how much, you don't have to spend a fortune either. I recommend, a bit, you know, 10 bucks a day as a minimum. Right. Um, so long as you're monitoring your campaign and you're going back and you're having a look at it. But just, I think, taking away that, um, what's the word? I wouldn't say fear, but that overwhelming feeling of, I can't do this, because everyone can do it. Yes. You just need those tools um, to show you. Would you say that some of those traditional social media companies fabricate the fact that it is complicated, therefore you need them, whereby if you went onto our hub, for example, and taught yourself, it yeah. could actually be a lot simpler and a lot more, a lot more affordable than what people think. Look, I, I, I believe so, and the, the funny thing about these platforms in particular, let's look at Facebook, for instance, um, it's changing every day. The algorithms are changing every day. Even as much as I hate to say this, boosting a post, um, yes. The abilities now with boosting a post to what we had 12 months ago, they're not, they're, they're coming on par. Obviously, ads is better, you can do more with them um, as far as a boost, but I think, yeah, taking away that fear factor, I, I do believe that some people do play on that a little bit harder than, than, is, uh, than they should, but uh, yeah, it's, not, it's really not the, the minefield um, that you're looking at. So, for people that are uh, just starting to learn more about social media and even yeah. in people that have already immersed themselves in yep. it. Um, just explain the difference between Facebook ads, yep. and that's, I assume, done through Ads Manager, yep. 
and boosting? What What is the difference? Because a lot of people do get confused about yeah, that. Yeah, 100%. So the, if I put it in real estate terms, yeah. so boosting a post is like doing a letterbox job. Yes. You know, you might spend 50 or 100 bucks and just blanket your area of two or 3,000 people, very equivalent to getting two or three deals printed and going letterbox shopping. Right. Whereas an ad, given the abilities that you can do in the back end of um, uh, uh, ads manager, uh, you can retarget, you can create lookalike audiences. So it's, it's really zoning in on a uh, particular audience or a particular demographic. Uh, and this can be really cool if you look at, um, we are talking about AI earlier as well. Yeah. If you want to, to have an advantage in a listing presentation and everyone says we're gonna, be, we're gonna put you on social media, you can go into ChatGPT, put in a, give me a buyer profile for Double Bay, it will come up the characteristics of the buyer why they love Double Bay, what in particular they, yeah, it's the cafes, it's the streets, it's the parking, it's the, um, the bays, all that kind of stuff. You can go into the back end of Facebook and actually narrow it down so you're really hitting the specific group. So if someone who's looking for leads uh, or sellers, once you get people engaging with your content, you may not always want to be pushing out the, are you thinking of selling? Yes. Once they've engaged with your page, then you can put out a separate ad which only goes to a retargeted um, audience. Right. So that might be to progress them along the sales funnel. So yeah. that's I suppose the biggest difference is you can progress your pipeline. Is that what people call cookies because they're leaving breadcrumbs and then you'll yep. be able to retarget them? Yeah, okay. 100%. Okay. And the beautiful part about that is people don't realise that they're being retargeted. They don't realise that that ad is put in front of them for a particular reason. Right. Um, so yeah. Then you hear also, Nick, a lot about call to actions, right? Yes. So would a call to action relate to a Facebook ad or a boost or both? And if so, if it's not going to be what's my home worth, yep. what's another call to action that you could integrate into these ads or boosts? Well, we're just finishing up a campaign at the moment. Selling in spring starts in winter. Right. Now, the beautiful part about this campaign is it's not actually asking are you thinking of selling? It's a downloadable PDF that someone can, you know, if they're seeing this at eight o'clock at night, they can download that straight away. So they get the information, the agent gets the lead. Right. Uh, and where we find success with stuff like that is everyone wants to know what's involved in getting a property ready for sale, but they may not necessarily want to speak to an agent. Right. Um, if they're not in sales mode at the moment, and that's the other thing I suppose we've got to be careful of, mm. not everyone wants to sell today. Yes. Not everyone wants a price today. Mm -hmm. uh, some people might be thinking of selling in six months' time, but we still want to get in front of them. We still want to start that conversation. So whether it's the selling in spring or it's the how to find out how to add an extra 10 or 20 bucks to your investment property or how to add $100,000 value to your home, People care about what they care about. Yes. So if you hit the message there, so coming back to a call to action, you can have a download, uh, you can link them to a, a site, a landing page where they can get more information, book a call or send a message and all that kind of stuff, but yep. making it easy for people. Excellent. And tell me, you've really put yourself out there, Nick, in terms of TikTok, sort of <laughs> one of the very yep. early implementers, yep. if you like. Yep. And yeah, TikTok has had its controversy. Yep. Um, you know, they're talking about China trying to mine your data. And yeah. then, um, obviously, it just started uh, some years ago when it was more to do with younger people dancing and yep. whatever. How has it permeated its way into real estate and what's its relevance today in real estate? Okay, it's a great question um, and you're right. I've been banging on about TikTok now, gosh, must be going on for about four years. Mm. 
I didn't understand it when I first got on it. Uh, all I knew was I had nieces and nephews that were on it, and they and I, I started. I will admit with the dancing videos and all that, all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but what I did start to notice was the organic reach that TikTok had because it hadn't become commercialised yet. Right. So when we look back, when I really started getting good at Facebook back in 2014, 2015, you didn't have to pay to be seen. Nowadays, you've got to pay. Um, otherwise, your content's not going to be seen. But watching how it's evolved, the age demographics of people who are using TikTok is starting to rise. It was for teenagers and kids in their early 20s. Mm -hmm. Now we've seen a big uptick in that 35 to 34 to 30, 45 year old um, group. But we're seeing people selling property through TikTok. Wow. Um, We've seen that in Melbourne. It happened about two years ago, I think it was the first one. Mm -hmm. uh, it's great for a listing presentation tool. I mean, if you put a video on TikTok and it gets 5,000 views, what a great tool to use in a listing presentation if your competitor's not using TikTok. It's just one of those things where, you know, it is a great, um, uh, you know, a great point of difference, mm. but it's also something that it's here mm. and you can't be putting your eggs all in the one basket. We've mm. seen... Facebook and Instagram over the last couple of years, Facebook has switched off news sharing, they've crashed, they've put in all these different um, restrictions and things like that. Ads are going through the roof. Mm. Obviously, they own Instagram, so whatever Facebook does, TikTok, Instagram is sure to follow. Mm. But if Facebook and Instagram crash, what digital footprint do you have? Yes. And the thing is, too, the people where you may think they are in their early 20s, late 20s, early 30s, mm. They grow up to become homeowners. They grow up to become landlords. Mm. And that's where they're hanging out. So you can either get on board there now, get uncomfortable, make the mistakes. I mean, if you don't have an audience, you can afford to make a couple of mistakes on mm. there and no one's going to see them. But um, getting on the app, getting comfortable with it, it's here to stay. Um, I hear a lot about the whole the Chinese and the data and, and all yep. that kind of thing. My advice to people is I would be much more concerned with what Facebook is doing with the data right. at the moment. We've seen that Facebook doesn't have a lot of regard for privacy and, and all that kind of thing. At the end of the day, your data is out there. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, it's a it's, it's personal choice, but I think my recommendation would be get on there. And, and why would you say you'd be more concerned about Facebook or Meta than you would you know, TikTok when it comes to privacy? I think, and this is only my, sure. my personal yeah. views, this is nothing to do with fact. I think Facebook is very political. Yes. Um, TikTok, a lot of people don't know, is a privately owned company. Right. Um, whereas I think when you get, even with Twitter, the Twitter war that's going on at the moment with, with Elon and he's trying to give it a clean slate and all that kind of thing, people don't like that. And I just have fears when people try to control the media and yes. try to control what goes out there, it clearly doesn't have your best interest at heart. Yep. It's all about revenue raising. We hear misinformation a lot. Yes. Um, and yeah, that's, I, I just think, you know, when people are trying to do that, you, you've got to ask yourself why. And So obviously in the US, freedom of speech is a, is a huge issue. Correct. So you're saying you've got a better chance with freedom of speech on Twitter or now it's called X yeah. and TikTok than you would on Facebook because there's a lot of yeah. censorship. Yeah. TikTok still has its day where, yeah. it, where it does censor some stuff. I've seen people who have had content taken down. Yeah. Um, I don't think any platform is going to be 100% perfect. Right. But I think the, I wouldn't say the fact checkers, but I think TikTok is a little bit more lenient. Yes. Um, I put a, uh, a, a video on Facebook last night and it was about one of our campaigns that we've done 
um, with, with lead generation and things like that. I tried to put it out as an ad mm -hmm. and it was rejected for um, violation, this, that and the other. It had mm -hmm. absolutely nothing to do with it. Right. Um, but I just think Facebook just jumps around too much. Yeah. And it's, I feel like they're playing cat. To answer your question, actually, to yep. come back to what you were saying, what I love about TikTok is they are at the forefront at the moment. Right. Facebook and Instagram, I feel, they're playing catch up. Yeah. When it comes to reels and, and all that kind of thing, um, you know, and I'd just like to be at the, yep. on the platform that's going forward. And you mentioned you can pay on TikTok. So yep. is that equivalent to boosting on Facebook or? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And what's, you can what's create that? ads as well. So yeah. there is a difference okay. between the boost and, and the ad. And okay. The yep. So similar to Facebook, you can, you can do ads yep. and, and boost. Yeah. Um, and what sort of budgets are involved in that and what, what's the functionality of, 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 of that on TikTok? It's a little bit tricky with mm. TikTok because you buy coins. Right. So you go in and instead of just, you know, attaching a credit card and boosting or placing an ad for 20 bucks, you've got to go in and buy coins and it's, it's yeah, a little bit funny in that way. Right. But the coins equivalent, is equivalent to a dollar spend. Right. Look, it, it kind of depends. The, the, the features of building an audience and targeting an audience on TikTok are not as good as Facebook, I will admit. Yes. Um, but in saying that, the benefit that TikTok does have is it's more for the public. Yes. Uh, and I think when coming from a property marketing um, and an agent profile building, it's very good for that in the broader terms. Yes. Um, and that's why it's so important to make sure that you're putting out content for your area because the For You pages, I'm sure you're aware of, um, it will pick up content relevant to your viewer. So the algorithms at the moment are still really good. So that's where if you are going to be on TikTok, make sure that you're pushing that out to your audience um, and you're using the right hashtags. You're mentioning you know, your, your local area and things like that uh, as well. Um, on a daily spend, again, look, I think 10 bucks a day right. um, on, on any platform as a minimum. So it sounds like, Nick, the safest if you're in real estate and either looking to promote property or promote yourself is to embrace all platforms. Correct. Yeah, and really the ones we're focused on primarily is LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, yeah? Yeah, and I think you've got to, Bowie, you've got to look at the different platforms. I mean, if you're going to go and put something on TikTok, yep. it might be a first home buyer property. Right. Uh, okay, and they're going, to, they're going to look at it in a different light to LinkedIn. So mm -hmm. who's on LinkedIn? I, I don't know about you, but I know on my LinkedIn, it's real estate agents, it's finance brokers, it's solicitors, it's CEOs, it's all that kind of stuff. Um, they don't necessarily care about the Malay appliances and it's just been recarpeted. Mm -hmm. They will care about the lift's just been fixed, it's a 5% return, mm -hmm. it's a healthy sinking fund because their clients have got, uh, you know, a, a broker is working with someone who might be pre-approved. Yeah. Um, so having different kind of content for different platforms, this is an arguable one. Some people will say put the same content across each platform. Yep. Um, I'm not here to decide what's right or wrong. I would much rather people just push stuff out yes. than not have anything going out. But do keep in mind um, what platform you're on and speak to that to that viewer. Yeah, there was um, one of the speakers at ARIC this year, Reese Witherspoon, which yep. you know she was an interesting concept for a speaker but she actually made a lot of sense when she was talking about your audience whether it's social media or yep. whether it's any type of marketing yep. um, asking and thinking to yourself what's in it for the audience yes. so what you're saying is there's no right or wrong but yep. best practice would probably be to discriminate your content that you would p potentially put on TikTok versus what you would put on LinkedIn because yep. they're two different audiences and think about the person that's looking at it I mean 
We can sit here and talk about real estate all day and understand the nuances, the words, the, um, the language that's used. Not everybody knows that. Yeah. Some people that sell, some people might sell one or two properties a year. They don't know, believe it or not, they don't may not know what contracts requested means. Yes. They may not know what groups through mean. They may not know what unconditional contract means. Yeah. So when you are speaking, if you are going to do a video, uh, make sure that you're speaking to people, not yeah. at them. It's obviously a, you, you, that you're an expert in, in this field, uh, whether it's social media or any tools or resources that help agents list and sell more real estate. Yeah. That's why I'm so excited that we've done a collaboration yep. and created the Nick Friend and Adrian Bow Academy Hub. And if anyone wants to visit that, just go to adrianbow.com and look up Academy Hub. And yep. for a subscription, you've got access to all this stuff. So yep. it's really, really exciting. So I'm really happy about that. Tell me, prior to this though, Nick, you were in real estate. You were yep. an agent, right? Yes, yes. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that journey because you were actually the first publicised person to actually sell a house off Facebook, yep, right, are. in Australia. So yep. that, was, that was a pretty big claim pretty to cool. fame. Yeah. yeah, so how did the real estate journey start and how did that particular transaction occur? It started out of desperation. Right. So I was in Maroubra in 2012. Um, I'm not from Sydney. I'm from Newcastle. I moved to Sydney, uh, ended up in the eastern suburbs. And I did everything. If And this is back in a time when we had expired listings and overpriced listings. Well, we've got overpriced listings all the time. Um, but they were the listings I was getting. I was getting the people that had been on the market for 90 days or longer. They didn't want to pay VPA again or someone that was a million dollars overpriced. I had them. Mm -hmm. I had about 10 listings on the board at one point and I had no VPA. I had nothing on REA domain. I was smashing all those old buyer inquiry logs. I was mm -hmm. doing letterbox drops on my ears, nose, hands bled. <laughs> Called everyone, I think in Maroubra, 60,000 times. Mm -hmm. And I just got to the point where it's like, how can I get these things moving? Mm. And the only resource I had was Facebook. Um, my personal page, I had about 5,000 friends on there at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was, I, I needed to make sales. I needed to get these things moving. So I just started marketing on, gently, just marketing it out, um, out to there. But I think given the fact that it was my personal page, because I don't know if Facebook pages were around back then, or I certainly wasn't on it. Um, but it was my personal page, and I think the fact that I didn't expect anything to come from it, I was talking to my friends. Mm. So if I was doing a video, it would be talking to my mates. Mm. It wasn't, hey, I'm Nick here, and check out my lad's property, and come and list and sell with me, and all that kind of stuff. It was very casual, and I think I've taken that right through, even today. Yep. Even till today. I mean, I put up a video yesterday, walking down the street, singlet and, and a cap, and it's, that's kind of what worked for me. But it... It wasn't until 2015 when I had a call from someone in Western Sydney. My job was in Malara mm. um, at the time. Bank was going to take the house. Um, the letter had been sent. I got the phone call. Nick, can you help me? I was like, well, I don't know what you want me to do. They're, they're pretty clear about that. You're not in my area. I had a chat to the bank. Long story short, 30 days, give us the agency agreement, give us your comparable sales uh, to know the vendor was serious. And, you know, if you can sell it, great. So... I'd booked in the photographer. They were supposed to come the next week. And just to get it moving, I just put the RP data photo on, on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And then three days later, I think it was 30 grand above asking price, we unconditionally exchanged it. And it was, it was ridiculous. And then six weeks later, um, did it again with another property out in Western Sydney. And it wasn't, I thought the first time was a fluke. Mm. Um, the second time I thought, okay, I think I'm on to something here. And I remember copying 
copying it from everyone because it just wasn't done then. Mm. Um, and no one gave it any respect. No one was really doing it. And that became my thing. So all of a sudden, everyone's got their unique selling point mm. in a listing presentation, but that was mine. I was doing this. I was the first one that I'd noticed to do it. Like you said, it was the, the publicised as well. Mm. Um, that became my point of difference. And then, yeah. And Nick, how did the media pick that up at the time then? Well, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I smashed this out on socials, as yep. I did, because I was really excited. In my little world, it yeah. was a big thing, yes. um, and I was pretty stoked with it. Uh, but I think it had something to do with my CEO at the time right. of the network, had contacted uh, the media or had a relation or shared it or something um, mm. to, to that effect. But all I know is I got a phone call one day saying, hey, um, we'd love to do a piece on this. You're the first one that we've seen who's done this. Um, what's the story? And then once it hit, I think it was the Daily Telegraph, and then the project uh, called me on Channel 10, and they wanted to do something. And then after that, it was, it was everywhere. Incredible. Uh, and it was, yeah. That's awesome. So tell me, Nick, you hear a lot about video content yep. versus static content, and Canva have literally made billions of dollars through creating templates yep. and social tiles, if you like. Yep. Um, if I'm an agent and I'm wanting to get some sort of cut through, do I do a combination of Canva tiles or in, in our platform and hub, we've got plenty of templates for that as well. Yep. Um, or is it more authentic, quote unquote, if I'm presenting on a camera uh, to, to, to actually go down that video path? Look, I think, number one, you've got to have a mix of both. Yep. The algorithms, the algorithms change at the drop of a hat. So you never, we unfortunately we are at the mercy of the algorithms and what they deem um, uh, as high ranking. But for a long time, it's been video. Yes, they have come out recently and said they've pushed that too hard. Instagram said this; they're going to focus more on static, so the still images. Personally, I think it's very hard to connect with someone through an image yes um i think people go on to social i mean social in its essence is social people want to connect and engage with a person not necessarily have information and stuff stats and things like that rammed down their throat so i think you're going to um get a higher cut through and build a brand a lot quicker and a reputation and a following and authenticity through video in saying that i appreciate not everyone's comfortable on on camera and there is a lot of different ways you can be doing it i put recently uh, a lot of old older videos and just put text over the top so we've all got footage somewhere it doesn't have to be long the way that uh, that video can work if you can get the hook three seconds if you can get them watching longer than that it'll start to get picked up if you use things like sounds a popular sound that'll push it out uh, you can still get your message over the top with the text um or over the and old, some old footage but uh, there's a million different ways you can use it, but yeah, video is definitely number one. And you've just, unfortunately, this is the way we're going. TikTok, as we were talking about earlier, it is predominantly video. You can get images in there, but that's the way we're going. Um, and obviously you've got the choice between professional property videos where agents feature in, yep. and then you've got just your basic iPhone walk through a property, if you like. Yep. Are they both equally as effective? Media companies are going to hate me for saying this, yeah. um, but look, they, they, look, they work for both, and I think yeah. you've got to have both. Yes. For the simple fact that the walkthrough with the iPhone yep. is authentic and it shows you doing your job, pretty yes. much. 
Um, and it's it's not airbrushed, it's not polished. So people and people can see that they can see when something is airbrushed and polished, um, and they know that it's not real. So for mm-hmm. a quick walk through, like an Instagram story or something like that, maybe not necessarily. Mm-hmm. But in saying that, where your professional videos come in, obviously, mm-hmm. is your realestate.com's, your domains, YouTube's, things like that. It's been shown that um, on realestate.com and domain properties that have a video get a higher ranking and are most viewed. Now, you're not going to go and put an iPhone photo on realestate.com and domain, especially if it's a three, four, five million dollar property. So you want the quality. So there's definitely a place for both the high end and and the... So what you're saying, the consumer enjoys watching a professional video on the real estate platforms. Yeah. However, an authentic iPhone video is completely acceptable if you're just pushing straight straight through to your social media audience. Yeah, look, I think it also comes down to what's in that video. I mm. see some really cool videos going around yeah. that are professionally done, and I see some terrible ones. And I think give us give us an example of of both. What would be an example of a really cool professional video? There's a. I see agents, so I'll give you an example of the one in TikTok, the one that sold in Melbourne in TikTok. So they use, at the time, it was Stevie Nicks from Fleetwood Mac's uh, Dreams, the, the song Dreams, yep. it was a remix. Uh, and that particular, so, and this is using trends as well, which is now it's Facebook, uh, sorry, uh, Instagram and TikTok. Um, a trend is basically, you know, you jump on what everyone else is doing, that helps you get your reach out. So this particular trend was riding a skateboard, drinking cranberry juice. Now, how is that effective in a property video? So what they did uh, was a girl dancing around, you know, the Kellogg's cornflakes, so it had a bit of nostalgia um, in in that one as well. Um, Texting on the phone, I think it was with her partner, let's go down, wherever down the bay or something. And then, so the song was already playing, she walks out the door, jumps on the skateboard, but what it was actually doing was showing how close to the destinations it was. So it was a one or two bedroom apartment, so a very quick walk through. Um, on the skateboard, you skate down the park, the bay, the cafes and all that kind of thing. So that actually encapsulated a couple of different elements as far as, okay, this is a sound mm. that is trending at the moment. This is a trend that's trending at the moment. How can we combine that but put it in a property video? And I thought that was probably one of the best I've seen. There's a lot of quirky and crazy ones um, out there as well, which I, th- I think come to your taste. But as far as one that um, I've seen, and I had to run uh, for a member of ours, it was a property video that went for number one, it went for about three minutes. Mm. It was about a minute 12 before you even saw the house. Mm-hmm. It was literally the agent getting out of the shower, putting a shirt on, putting the cufflinks in, the Rolex getting into the Porsche. Now, I appreciate that every... Every market, people, people expect different things in different markets. In yeah. high-end markets, uh, you, your viewer expects a high-end production. But mm. this one in particular, I looked at that. The agent wanted me to send this out as a, um, a social media ad. Yeah. And I was like, mate, I'm happy to, but it's got into a minute 12 yeah. before you've even shown the property. The property and that's yeah. the thing. If your vendor is paying you to do property videos, yeah. showcase the property. Yes. You know, get your vendor involved if you want and all that kind of thing. But it was just very show pony, I, I yes. felt. And yeah. it was just, I, I just, I didn't connect. And I know the agent, I live in the area, and I just didn't connect with it. It was really a more of a promotion for the agent or in what their eyes was a promotion yeah. rather than focusing on the product, which is the home itself. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So at what point when you sold the property off Facebook 
did you decide to make the transition from real estate into marketing and media? Well, it just, Bowie, it just happened. I had no interest in it. Um, I think I got a message on LinkedIn on the 2nd of January 2018 mm. saying how much would I charge to catch up and have a chat. So right. mind you, by this stage, I was all over it. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd worked out, okay, this is my thing. I was smashing it. Um, by that stage, other people, you know, social media had become a thing. Um, and people really started to give it the attention, I suppose, that it deserves. So mm. uh, she messaged me. I said, look, I was happy if someone bought me their coffee. I was mm. happy to have a chat. But I just said, look, 150 bucks. Mm. And she agreed. And I mm. thought, okay. So I was coming home from Ballina from Christmas, uh, holidays with my little brother. And during that time, I'd researched what social media companies were out there. And at that time, and it's not so long ago, it's only five years ago, mm. but there was not a lot of those coaching, training, uh, advertising agencies that I could see for socials that mm. could do what I was doing. So... Mm. I kind of started a little side hustle. It wasn't supposed to be anything. It was just an Instagram page. It was, you know, there was no website for about eight months. And then it just it all sort of started drip feeding it out there. Not mind you, I was still selling at the time. Yep. It just started to take off. And it just got to the point where it's like, this is cool. There's no one else doing this. Um, I still love real estate, but I kind of was getting over um, the, you know, being in an office and, and all that kind of stuff. And there was mm. a few things going on within the office at the time, which I wasn't, you know, overly thrilled about. Mm, mm. So I thought I'm just going to take a three-month break. Um, it was in the August, I think, three or four-month break, come back the next year and give another crack in real estate with another office. But in that time, Bespoke had just taken off and I would never look back. Outstanding. And tell me, at the moment, there seems to be a huge gravitation and popularity about short-form content yep. with... Uh, emojis and subtitles, etc. Yep. Um, what took us there, and is that is that going to last? And does it suit real estate at all? Look, it does, and I think nowadays, without going into it too much, Snapchat killed all the three-minute videos with the fifteen-second stories. Right. Instagram brought that in. Um, I think they had. I can't even remember now. Might have been 30 seconds. Then it went up to a minute, which IGTV. Then it went up to an hour. Right. And back then, you remember the IGTV symbol that we used yes. to have? You knew that that was going to be longer than a minute. Um, mm. So that, that was detrimental. Uh, even now, TikTokers, you can upload videos up to 10 minutes. The problem is with so much stuff that we're putting out these days that we consume, mm. people just don't have the attention span mm. to sit there for three minutes. You'll, if you can get in and out in 15 seconds, mm. um, that, that's the goal. And as far as trying to get a message across, it's not trying to get everything in the one video. And I think that's where comparing it to real estate, we're used to the two, three-minute videos, mm. but chop that up into, let's say, five or six. Yes. Focus on maybe the living room and the kitchen. Do that as one video. Then separate that and do the, the back patio and the backyards, but break it up. You might still film it all at once, mm. but just break it up into different reels and, and things like that because, you're going, number one, you've got more content to go out. Um, and if you've just got that one three-minute video versus five or six... Uh, number one, you're looking like a rock star to your vendor because, mm. wow, they're doing all this promotion for my property, not knowing that it's, you know, you've only really done it once, mm. uh, but your views are up, your engagement's up, and we're never going back to that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've literally now got one second to hook someone and grab their attention, and if you can't get that in one second, they're, they're just going to move on. So 
Whatever you do, just get your message out in that first second. In my coaching business, as you know, yep. Nick, I do a lot of short form content. Yes. Yep. And yeah, the engagement seems really high and it's yep. obviously in a, in a real format. I did one recently um, and, and the hook was, do you want to be authentic or do you want to go down that woke path? Yep. And it seemed to generate a lot of controversy. Yep. Um, why, do, why do you think that is? Look, I think... I've been very controversial in the past myself um, with stuff that I put out. I think there's no right or wrong to this stuff. I think we are... You still want to have an element, I suppose... I shouldn't... I'm the last person to say this, professionalism. Mm. But you've still got to be authentic to yourself and what mm. you believe in. And I think the thing is... I learnt this about two years ago. I was going through a really rough time on socials. I was copying a lot of online abuse from a lot, unfortunately, a lot of people in the industry as well. And so I sort of, I wouldn't say timid down, but I was putting out there, but it was more so to the point, if you don't like, if you don't like my stuff, don't follow me. Don't mm. engage, you know, I'm not going to go into hiding because of my beliefs or because of what I feel or because of who I am. Mm. Um, you know, if you've got a problem with that, then that, that's fine. You're mm. entitled to your opinion. I'm obviously not an account that you want to follow. Mm. Um, and I think I had a lot of it when I was coming through this, uh, especially when socials really started to take off. As you know, I was in the eastern suburbs and I was mm. hearing, you can't walk down the street, you know, in a singlet and a cap. I still get people saying, mate, you're the CEO of a business. Why are you putting up TikToks in a singlet and a cap? And it's like, mm. well, because... Number one, what's it got to do with you? Yes. Like, first of all, yeah. um, it works for me. It, mm. You know, people like it. Whether people like it or they don't, it pays the bills. And I think it's just, we're also in a time when, unfortunately, a lot of people will say things on social media they wouldn't say to your face. Yeah. Uh, and keyboard gives, warriors? Keyboard warriors. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think it's given people a false, I wouldn't say a false sense of security, but it's very easy for people to have a crack at someone. Mm. Um, and just, if you don't like a video, just don't, I don't know, don't mm. follow that account. Don't, you know, we don't all have to be yeah, perfect. But. Yeah. Now, I was, I was interested with that particular one because my interpretation of authenticity and being woke was, you know, woke, you're trying to subscribe to something that is a growing movement even though you may not feel as yeah. if that's where you belong for example yeah. yep. where being authentic was just not walking on eggshells yeah, yeah, yeah. you know still being yourself doing and saying within reason not offending anyone yeah, yeah. doing and saying what 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 you want to do but i get we're in a much sensitive environment um at the moment but yeah yeah it was just interesting how that that particular uh, post attracted uh, a lot of a lot of comments and controversy. Well, it's just interesting because it, it's almost like now everyone has an opinion and that's great. And the one thing I will pull myself up on a lot now is I see stuff that goes out that mm. I might agree with, I might not agree with, but at the end of the day, is this worth an argument? Is this worth a battle? Yeah. You know, am I going to make a comment, leave a comment, or, or something like that? It's just you know, pick your battles, I suppose. But mm. I mean, at the end of the day, it's you're never going to please everybody. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter woke and all that kind of thing. You could be far in, in total support of something or dead against something. Mm. You're never going to please everyone. Definitely. So, Delete and block seem to be one of my two two favourite things well, I'm doing with yeah. any of that type of stuff. Look, I, I have to admit, that was the other thing too. It was the It did push your content out to more people, but yeah. I found myself in... I was going into a, a dark place given the level of stuff that was coming towards me, mm. and I just... 
I did clap back because I never had such an onslaught before. And I, I'll be honest, I did not know how to handle it. It was yeah. a, a world and an experience that I'd never had. Did I handle it right or wrong? I don't know. Um, and I, there was a lot of stuff coming at me personally, professionally, and I felt I had to defend myself. And then it just got to the point where I was like, who are you? Mm, you know, mm. and why, yeah, yeah, so block and delete. That brings us to, to another topic, uh, Nick, which is mental health. Yep. And uh, it's obviously quite prevalent in, in the real estate industry. Yep. Yeah. And, and all its subsidiaries, you know, you, you, you'd be considered in, in the real estate space. Yep. Um, why do you think mental health is, is such an issue within the industry? Uh, and what, what's your definition of mental health? Because there's clinical diagnosis. Yep. And then there's people who get the blues every now and then. Yep, yep. There's a big difference, yep, right? Yep. Um, why do you think? Why do you think it seems to be such an issue in the industry? Mental health is. I'm not qualified. This again, it's just my beliefs, and it's, and I really want to preface this by saying I don't. Um, everyone is on their own journey, hmm. and whatever you're feeling is valid. Uh, hmm. Number one. I do hear that term mental health thrown around quite a lot. Mm. Um, and whilst it's great that it brings awareness, it also does, I suppose, bring a bit of a stigma. Unfortunately, with um, you know, suicide rates of men, it's, it's quite high. I think we're at about seven in Australia a day mm. um, because of that stigma attached to it. I think if we bring it back to real estate, it's it's actually a very high-pressured um pressure industry to be in mm. we look at I, i've got a lot of members at the moment in property management mm. um as we know there's a, a housing crisis going on at the moment i'm seeing a lot of property managers who are copying a lot of abuse from tenants and landlords and things like that mm. they're not equipped to deal with this kind of stuff um you know they don't necessarily have the professional training or the outlets or or to know how to switch that kind of thing off um in, in these situations and i think it's just there's no downtime we're on we're on the go, mm. 24-7. We're on our phones. You can't escape it, really. And I think mm. it just compounds and compiles and, yeah. We've spoken about it in private yep. and, and, and both of us have had, you know, mental health issues in, yep. in the past. Yep. And I don't think it's anything to be embarrassed about, but it's also not something that you, 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 you want to wear around like a badge of honour either. Yeah, yep. It's something you want to talk about you know, within yourself, but also share with people that are close to you. Yep, yep. Um, and my, my reasoning why it's so closely related to real estate is that there's a huge amount of expectation. Yep. Um, there's that fear of failure, but also fear of success as well yeah, yeah, in real 100%. estate. Uh, you tend to absorb a lot of people's anxiety because when people are buying and selling or yep. renting, you know, th- there's a lot of anxiety and it's not, not difficult to absorb that. Yeah, yep. uh, so I think having outlets, whether it's meditation, exercise, journaling, counselling, yep. uh, and you said, you know, one one in seven or eight, you know, men a day are committing suicide. Yep. I think men probably find it the hardest to do all of those things, so it's not a coincidence. But uh, the awareness in isolation doesn't seem to be working. Apparently Beyond Blue have just come out with a new initiative you are telling yep. me about, Nick. Yeah, so it's a program called uh, New Access, and it's for business owners with teams under 20. If you are struggling in business with your mental health, uh, they're there. I believe I, I spoke to, because um, as you know, we've got a lot of members across different mm. countries, different networks, things like that. So we're always looking for ways if people are in, um, are, are struggling or, or need some help, 
where we can send them. I thought this particular program was pretty cool simply because given where we are at the moment with the market, a lot of businesses are stressing. And as business owners, we might be good at making money and running a business, but when it comes to our own sanity and our own mental health, but not just that, we're the leaders of our companies and our teams. And if we're not in tip-top shape, you know, we need to be guiding them as well. So they've come up with a program called New Access. It's a six-week um, uh, consultation or counselling sessions. Right. They'll do an hour free, like a profiling uh, session with you. And then uh, once a week, it's an hour phone call with a counsellor for five weeks. And then Excellent. You know, you, they, they give you targets and they give you um, goals and things like that. And it's basically to keep you on track. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, obviously, you, know, you, you make the call. Do you yep. continue with counselling or are you, you know, you're good so to go. that'll be all on the beyond blue website all on beyond blue website. excellent yeah. yeah so i think in summary about mental health nick the key is not just awareness but having a close group of friends and a circle of people that you can confide in yeah and especially men yeah you know and whether it's going out for dinner having a drink just spending a bit more time on the phone which innately women are much better at it than us so yeah, i think it's yeah. critical but Give yourself the, what's the word I'm trying to say here? Give yourself a break, I suppose, because this is nothing to be ashamed of. Um, It happens to a lot of people. It happens to all of us at one point. Um, And work out what works for you uh, to get out of it. I know with me, you know, having a business on top of all of that and having all those extra added pressures, I just found for me, it was like, look, it, it feels like you're at the bottom of a mountain. Just start small. Just, you know, achieve some smaller goals and just sort of build yourself back up. That's kind of what I've learnt um, Mm. through that time and and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, reach out. And I think, you know, counselling, whether it's through a psychiatrist, a psychologist, and also medication, that's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, if you had asthma, for example, it wouldn't be anything to be ashamed of to take your asthma medication every day. So if you're taking some sort of medication for mental health due yep. to a chemical imbalance, yep. that's certainly nothing that should attract the stigma. So no. talk to your doctor, yep. make an appointment to go and talk to someone, yep. and a lot of this chemical imbalance can easily be rectified. And it's not the silver bullet. Yep. It does take the edge off. Yep. And I'm speaking from experience, frankly, yeah. and this yep. is the first time I've openly spoken about it, but yep. you and I have got a very safe space and a really yep. good relationship that we can talk about it. And I know that you've had you know, yep. issues in the past as well. So, yep. but um, mate, And on that too, Bowie, even from the medication side, I mean, that mm. is hugely important for people that need that extra help. Yes. But speak to a PT, go to a gym, because yep. so much um, is aligned with physical health. Um, that, you know, yes. <laughs> getting out there and just going for a walk or going for a run or something like that, um, yep. you know, that is a first step or a, or a good step as well, just getting some fresh air. Absolutely. So as we wrap up, there's yep. a, just two last topics I wanted to talk about. One is the huge amount of automation products that are being introduced yep. into our industry. Yep. Yep. I, I'm sure they've got a place and yep. I'm sure they play a role within yep. the industry. Yep. However, are they necessary and can someone in real estate learn to manage their own database rather than, say, one automation product that comes in and says, right, we'll create a daily call list based on propensity of sale, for example. That's just one, but there's... And I won't mention any names yeah, of products, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but 
I mean, do they play a role or is it for lazy orphan data that no one will ever get to? Yep. Or is it best practice to manage your own database? I think it depends on what your goal is. If you've got the orphan data, having someone go in and, mm. and okay, coming back to your first question about the automation, mm. I think I love automation. My business yep. would not run without it. Sure. But in saying that, it's still my brand, myself, really, that brings the business in. Yes. Um, so having relationships is key. Without relationships, doesn't matter what automation you've got, without building and maintaining and nurturing those relationships, doesn't matter. Um, from the automation side of things, though, if you do have that orphan data, it depends. Is that worth your time mm. going and calling all of those people to try and find a needle in a haystack? Yes. We do have companies out there that will call for you or you can do... Um, email blasts or SMS blasts and things like that to try and shake the tree. I'm all about that. That's Good. fine. Um, that's cool. But with the database that you've got that you're nurturing, mm. um, relying on your open for inspection weekly email, it's not nurturing a database. Mm. That is sent. That is ramming a product down someone's throat that may ne- not necessarily be interested in it. Yes. Um, so I think it's... I love automation, but you can also be too over-automated. Um, we've still got to yeah. remember that they are people. Correct, correct. Yeah, and a lot of these automation products are attached with artificial intelligence, correct. which is fine, and that's not going anywhere. It's only evolving, yeah. like ChatGPT or yeah. whatever, and, that, and that's not a real estate product. There's other real estate AI products. Yep. My recommendation to all my coaching clients is if you, there's calls you're never going to make, go for your life, yep. embrace these products. Yep. However, if you're serious about building a relationship with people... Yep no piece of artificial intelligence or no automation product is going to be able to have a conversation, ask people about their kids, ask them about their situation, uh, get an instinctive, intuitive idea on when's the next time to call that person. And that's a manual task. So you say, you know what, they said they're not selling, but I sense there was something there because they said, what's the market in Erskineville like, for example. So, so that might suggest to me personally, instinctively, that 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 is worth a 10 day call. So I'll manually task that either through a CRM or through Outlook or whatever it might be. So I think there's, there's, there is a need for both. The, the one thing that I find really, really interesting, uh, coming back to socials, is I can almost, and I'm getting really good at this, I can almost pinpoint when someone's about to call me because they might start following you on socials. Right. Then they might start liking your posts. Then you'll start to see that they're looking at every story. Mm. And it's kind of, you can start to see that relationship kind of happen. And I, I look at all that stuff clinically um, as far as the engagement Automation's not going to see that. They're not, you've still got to see, okay, this person is liking every single post. Why is that? It happened, there was an instance happened yesterday where I had to call a member of ours and say, I think you need to give this person a call right. because for some reason, they're real, over the last 10 posts we put out, they've liked six of them. They're looking at all your stories. They haven't shown this level of engagement for quite a while. Now, because we've been running a lot of this selling in spring campaign stuff. Mm. Now, I don't know if they've called them or not yet, but it's just that's the kind of thing where you need to keep your eye on the ball and have that relationship to call them because you're not going to win deals through emails. Yep. So the final topic we'll discuss, uh, which won't take long, uh, Nick, is in your spare time somehow, (laughs) you've managed to find a void in the market which is the REB equivalent in New Zealand yes. called Real Estate Today. Yep. And you've built this brand, because it is a brand, brand now, yep. within three months yep. and now it's 
dominating. Yep. Tell us a little bit about how that started and what the, the frequency and content of that looks like. So my thing for our members is uh, the value and getting their brand out there. So mm. I've got a lot of um, new people in New Zealand uh, and I had a couple of them over here for an awards night in November last year and I asked them, guys, I want to get you out into the media. Mm. What is your real estate business, REB, equivalent? Mm. And they said, we don't have one. Mm. So I thought, righto. So I was in North, Northern Beaches at the time. By the time I got home to the Sydney's East, mm. I had the name, I had the, the format, I spoke to my IT guys. I think within a day or two, we had the website up and running. Um, I was going to launch it, I think that in December last year, but it just wasn't the time coming back to, you know, having too much on your plate and delayed that um, until April this year. But it was just really about finding a platform, a news platform. It was listening to your audience. Mm. Um, what do you want? How can I bring something to the market that's not out there? So, yeah, it's a 100% industry-focused publication. There's not another one like it in, in the country. Um, you know, it's, it's been really well embraced. And it's daily frequency like REB? Monday no, it's, it's twice a week. Twice a week. So, again, I think it comes back to knowing who your audience is. Mm -hmm. If we look at Australia, uh, how many agents we've got here? Over 100,000? Oh, no, about 50,000 50, 50, in Australia. Um, but we've got a population of, what, 25 million yep. or something like that? So there's always something happening. There's mm. always people moving offices mm. or opening new offices mm. or someone sold a house through TikTok or, or mm. something like that. In New Zealand, there's 5 million people. And there's about 14,000, 15,000 agents. So the numbers are quite different. And the one thing that we wanted to do was just make sure that we didn't overcommit. We didn't want to commit to a daily um, publication where there mm. just wasn't going to be that, that level of engagement. And initially, we just started with the one, bulletin, uh, the one bulletin on the Sunday. And because in that time, I was scrounging. I was trying mm. to get this brand out of the ground. I was basically begging people, give me a story and we'll run it. Mm. And then I think about six or eight weeks in, it got to the point we had head offices and things like that coming to us with stories. Mm. So now we've added the other publication. We've got a podcast now, which we've just launched last week, which will focus heavily on, heavily on um, coming into 2024. And a lot of stuff, you know, we've got dreams of awards nights and podcasts Amazing. and all this stuff uh, mm. for next year. But yeah, pretty so what, what the metaphor to me, Nick, is don't overthink or overanalyze yep. when you're looking to launch something, yep. whether it's putting on your first associate, whether it's opening a real estate business, whether it's prospecting for two hours a day, yep. because a lot of us can suffer from analysis paralysis, yes. whereby we overanalyze everything to a degree that we paralyze ourselves and do nothing. Now, yeah. if you didn't have the thought and then literally just put one step in front of the other and move forward. It's not like you had a 20-page business plan for this. It just was an idea, a concept, and you took action day to day yep. and you built a brand within 90 days. So yep. outstanding metaphor for anyone in real estate or any other industry just to put one step in front of the other and literally take one action take one activity that will move the needle towards launching what you want to launch. Because what's the worst that's going to happen? It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it again. Yeah. Like whether, whether it's that video that you're talking about, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah. Someone's going to laugh at you. Who cares? Yeah. Yes. Someone might want to sell. Yeah, excellent. You, you know, you put a letterbox drop out, you know. It, it, yeah. spell, I don't know how many times I've put letterbox drops out. Open home times are wrong. Mm. Just, just do it. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, you may not get things right all the time, but... You're going to get a better result 
by doing something um, or getting better at it on a daily basis. And you don't have, Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. Nick, it's been an absolute Mate, pleasure. Thank Thanks for much. your authenticity and your honesty and your scholarship and professionalism. Listeners, it's been great tuning in. Certainly, if you want to know more about the Academy Hub, which is this online platform with all tools, resources, tips, and lead generation mechanisms, please go to adrianbow.com and go to the Academy Hub link, and we'll certainly be able to help you there. It's a subscription model, and this is something that can definitely take your career to the next level. Thanks again.